The Toronto Maple Leafs and Mitch Marner are both on fire. The Nashville Predators are dealing with some turmoil while the Colorado Avalanche are trying to overcome a rash of injuries. We've got all this and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Leafs, David Marasuti. And David, 14 straight games with at least a point. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs red hot right now playing some of their best hockey. Yeah, it's this is hockey that many ha- don't really, you know, put you know, side by side with the Toronto Maple Leafs because they're not known as the most defensive responsible team in the NHL. So this has been this has been a very eye-opening month for uh for least well, even least fans, but I'm sure fans across the league who didn't expect to see this out of Toronto. Yeah, I mean, right now, even though a lot of the offensive players are getting the headlines, the Maple Leafs are a top five team in goals against allowed this season. And like you said, nobody expected that. What What is the secret? Is this team playing differently? Are they getting better goaltending? Where, where is this coming from? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a variety of factors. I think first and foremost, the play of Mitch Marner, right? You know, you have a player right now on a 22-game point streak. Your team's going to be in a pretty good in pretty good shape. So he's kind of been the catalyst when he's on. The Leafs are at their best, but it's also their defense, right? You know, all the injuries it was supposed to be seen as kind of a, you know, a doom scenario for this Leafs team. But you have the young defensemen in both Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren who have stepped up with Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin. TJ Brody just came back to the lineup. He was gone for 12 games, and they played great without him in the lineup. Uh, Jordy Ben is signed like, like you just like defense were just coming in and out of the lineup so much. But these younger guys have stepped up in a role that maybe the Leafs didn't anticipate to have them in. And then I'm gonna say Mark Giordano, probably the most important signing that the Leafs made just because he became the de facto number one defenseman taking top power uh, penalty kill duties playing the most minutes so the defense has really stepped up but i think everyone in toronto has been raving about the goaltending the 1a 1b tandem of matt murray and Ilya samsonov it's giving them giving them options that i don't think the leafs have really had over the years they may have had you know they've had frederick anderson they've had jack campbell but they've never had that other goaltender to kind of ease some of the the burden off of the the starter, and I think that dynamic has really worked well for the Leafs so far. And are these two guys pushing each other? Is there sort of a friendly competition going on between them? Well, Matt Murray, I'm sure he probably would love to be the, and everyone kind of has him as the one A. He's kind of viewed as a starter, but this is a guy who in only played his first game. 
warm up leading into his second game, he suffers a groin injury. I don't think Matt Murray is all too concerned about having the, you know, workhorse load of a starter right now, considering that injury. This is someone that doesn't mind. I don't think he minds having that, you know, that routine of getting some time off because even morning skates, he doesn't do right. He's got a very particular routine. I'm sure he likes to have his rest. And for Samsonov, he's just, I think, happy to be in an opportunity to play. He picked a great situation, Tron, because a lot of eyes will be on him. He'll get playing time. The Leafs are going to give him that playing time. So I don't think he's going to complain too much considering how things were looking for him in Washington and when he wasn't brought back. He's, he's kind of resetting his career right now. So I think both goaltenders are pretty happy as long as they're doing well and the team is doing well. Let's talk a little bit more about Marner. What is he doing so well that's, you know, causing him to get points in so many straight games? He's actually, it's weird because, you know, I don't, I don't see anything really different about him offensively. Some are, some might say, oh, he's shooting the puck, but I'm like, he's been doing, he's been getting gradually better at that as the years have gone along. Um, I think his defensive game has really come along so strongly that he's he's so confident in his ability to defend and his and that game that's allowed him to unlock more as a player because he's not chasing the play, he's not he's finding ways to get the puck back. And when you're an offensive player like a Mitch Martin, even Austin Matthews, the last thing you want to be doing is spending time in your own zone constantly defending. That was what that's what the great players are doing in the game is they're finding a way to get the puck back so they can get down the ice and getting their offensive chances. And he he's just got this determination. The team is behind him during this streak. The change from him from playing with uh, Austin Matthews to John Tavares has also been a big one too. They they've kind of rekindled some of that magic when Tavares first came to Toronto. And that I think is uh really provide the Leafs a great, you know, great two-line dynamic that they've had in the past, but the Leafs have wanted more out of the John Tavares second line. I don't even really call it a second line. They don't call them second lines or first lines in Toronto, but having the two strong top six lines has really opened things up. And, right, you know, you can go out and try to stop Mitch Marner, but then you're going to leave Austin Matthews and William Nylander you know, with your less, you know, your second best defensive pairings. That's their, that's the decisions teams are having to make every night. Yeah. And good luck with that. Right. I mean, that's uh, certainly not an easy task. You mentioned William Nylander five points last night, a uh, big game for him. Uh, how, how is his game clicking so well in recent weeks? I thought that game. So his game against Calgary was, I thought he was going to get a hat trick. He he his his wrist shot his shot I call it a seeing eye shot just because it's always got the corner picked he's always got a labeled for the net he doesn't really miss often or if he does it's very close he's got a very underrated shot um, his skating I think he's one of the best skating forwards <coughs> I think that's what really allows him to. That, that, that's what kind of separates him from the other forwards that the Leafs have. 
He's got the confidence to skate and make, you know, get away from defenders. And yeah, he, I think he's just realizing, uh, you know, he's getting the confidence in the coach as well. Like Sheldon Keith, for the first time, really, I think since he's been the head coach, has kind of said that Nylander deserves to be in the same tier as a Marner, Matthews, and Tavares. We've never really heard Sheldon Keith say that because Sheldon Keith has always been the one trying to push Nylander to do more. And this is kind of, I think it's now he's, he's like Nylander's maturity as a player has really taken, you know, a big step forward this season. It's he's probably, you know, he hasn't been talked about enough just because of who his teammates are. And I think that's been a big part of what's led to all this. And, you know, I I've always said that, you know, since his, uh, play during the Montreal series where he led the Leafs in points in that series. People were, I think, not giving him the credit just because his style of play isn't suited to what many fans like to see. He's not going to be the the grinder. He's not going to go out and lay a big hit, but he can get some very important goals. He's got the determination. He has the skill set. People just want to see it on a consistent basis. He's been probably one of the more consistent players from the start of the season. And uh, it's he's he's going to be one of those players that is soon they're going to be talking about what's his next contract going to look like. That'll be certainly an interesting scenario going forward. David, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at D underscore Morisuti. And you can follow the Locked On These podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from and also on YouTube. We're pushing. We're close to 2,300 subscribers. It's a big mark for us. We are Our big goal is 3,000. We want to get to 3,000, and uh, we're pushing hard for that. So go out and follow us on YouTube there, and uh, we're going to be bringing that content every day. All right, David, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Gil. I really appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe at Locked On NHL. We believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. So this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On NHL listeners 40% off a new home security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you get 24-7 professional monitoring agents using fast protect technology, which is exclusively from Simply Safe. It captures critical evidence and verifies that the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Predators, Ann Kimmel. And Ann, I can't say it's been an uneventful 48 hours around the Nashville Predators. So much going on. I mean, just in the last couple of days, you've got Michael McCarron entering the league's assistance program, and then uh, Eli Tolvanen placed on waivers, a former first round pick, fill us in on, on what's going on with the Nashville Predators right now. 
I think you're absolutely right. It has been a very chaotic 24, 48 hours for the Predators, and the news keeps rolling in. This morning it was announced Michael McCarron is going into the NHL assistance program. And first off, want to say we wish him well and uh, want him to take care of everything he needs to before he returns to the ice. McCarron has played uh, 13 games for the Predators this season. He slots in and out of the lineup known very much for his physicality, for playing that hard-hitting identity style of hockey. So that aspect of his game will certainly be missed. Interesting timing because along with that news, just hours later, the Nashville Predators placed Ellie Tolvanen on waivers. And Ellie Tolvanen was, um, has been a healthy scratch this season. And, and it's been a bit of a drama with Tolvanen and John Hines and David Poyle in Nashville. But it just kind of the timing escalates the sense of frustration, I think, among Predators fans base, because now we have Michael McCarron, who is stepping away from the ice, and L.A. Tolvanen, who you would think would be available to step in as a healthy scratch, now placed on waivers. Is there any chance that, you know, if he goes unclaimed, he returns to the team? Or is this the end of, of his stint with the organization right now? That's such a great question. I personally would be surprised if he is not claimed off waivers, although he has not had enough ice time. Maybe some of these teams who may be interested in picking up a forward might not know enough about his game. He really hasn't had a chance to sort of highlight what his skill set is as much as I'm sure he would have liked to. If he does not get claimed off waivers and clears, I'm just not sure what the path back to Nashville is for him. And like you said, this is the 2017 first round draft pick. So many expectations came along with bringing Tolvanen into the organization. He was known for an amazing shot. He really has spent time developing more of a 200 foot game. But there is some sort of disconnect with Ellie Tolvanen and whether it's John Hines or bigger in the organization or with the team. And it just has never solidified into a fit for him. I think people expected this to be a top six player for the Nashville Predators. That just hasn't materialized. And the more he's been healthy scratched, the more it just appears that there is some sort of disconnect. And I'm not sure how that's repaired if he ends up in Milwaukee to bring him back up to Nashville. I mean, getting parting ways potentially with a former first round pick and getting nothing back obviously can't can't be good for the organization. I mean, do you think it's a style thing? Do you think his style just doesn't mesh with what the coaching staff is trying to accomplish? Or I think there was an element of that early in John Hines' tenure because John Hines came in and very has a very specific style of hockey that he's looking for. And so players, for instance, Victor Arvidsson really didn't fit that more hard-hitting, forechecking style. And so Victor Arvidsson found himself in L.A., Ellie Tolvanen sort of had that because he was a very offensive-minded player. But we noticed over Heinz's tenure, we saw Ellie Tolvanen kind of develop more physicality in his game, more of that forechecking. And last season when he played, he had a really good 200-foot game. But it's still there still was something where there just was some sort of a disconnect. And this season... Tolvanen really hasn't had a great opportunity to prove himself again on the ice. 
So while his style of hockey has sort of developed, there is still something that makes it not an easy fit. And again, I'm not sure if that's John Hines and on ice coaching or if there's some sort of other issue behind the scenes that we're just not aware of. Well, we'll certainly uh, check in with Locked On Predators to get updates as to the latest with him. Then there are injuries. Uh, yes. We we already know uh, that Ryan McDonough is on IR. He is not available to the team. And now over the weekend, more injuries, particularly to the blue line. Why don't you fill us in on the latest there? Yeah, this is a developing story that has all of us feeling a little bit more than nauseous. We lost Ryan McDonough against the Islanders. He actually took a puck to the face. Found out later he ended up having a steel plate inserted in his cheek. He is expected to be out two to four weeks. I think two weeks is an extremely optimistic uh, forecast for that, but we'll see. Uh, and then in the game Saturday afternoon against the Ottawa Senators, we lost defenseman Jeremy Lazan. He took what I think many in Nashville felt like was a late, possibly penalty-worthy hit and seemed to have hurt his wrist or arm. So he missed the third period. And then Alexander Carrier can't tell you exactly where the injury occurred, but he also didn't return. So the entire third period of that Senators game, Nashville cycled four defensemen. So we are down defensemen. The Milwaukee Admirals, our AHL affiliate, had a game last night. Two of their normal defensemen starters were healthy scratches. So we're anticipating that Roland McEwen and Kevin Gravel are headed to Nashville, but we're going to wait and get official word from the organization, hopefully sometime tomorrow. Yeah, fingers crossed on that, and, and hopefully the injury situation resolves itself. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, the blue line is where the injuries hit, and yet goal scoring has been a bigger issue over the course of the season for this team. Only one player with double-digit goals so far, and that's Nino Niederreiter. What can this team do? I mean, I know it's not an offense-first kind of a philosophy, but what can this team do to get above 31st, which is where they're ranked right now in the league in goals scored? It's been very disappointing in Nashville, especially after last season where we watched Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne race each other for the franchise's season goal scoring record. That certainly hasn't been the case so far this season. What's interesting is that Nashville is actually generating a decent number of high danger chances. What they're not doing is finishing. Part of that is in some of these games where they've really generated high danger chances, they have run into hot goaltenders. And that's not an excuse. That's a little Billy Huso for you right there. Um, so part of that is we've kind of run into hot goaltenders and the timing hasn't been great. But a lot of it is just finishing. The power play, for instance, has had some trouble. It looked better on Saturday, but again, they could not net a power play goal. And they need to continue to generate these high danger chances because they are going up, especially coming up this week against teams that are very offensively minded. Nashville has got to get some more goals on the board. Well, we'll see if they could do that. And why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can find the podcast on YouTube, Locked on Predators. We're also on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can follow me and Kimmel on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. All right. And always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Gil.
This episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, World Cup soccer, the NHL, and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Hey, maybe you want to use your knowledge and expertise about the NHL to try to win some extra money. Just head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show Kyle Sullivan, the co-host of Locked On Avalanche and the Avs getting a much needed overtime win on Sunday afternoon. And uh, I, I mean, pretty impressive performance overall in this game uh, that maybe we didn't expect a hat trick in a three to two overtime win for Miko Rantanen. Talk to me a little bit about how important it was to get back on the winning side for the abs on Sunday. This had all the makings for one of those tricky trap games for Colorado. St. Louis is just as desperate for a win as Colorado is. And it was refreshing to see Miko Rantanen be the guy who stepped up with, as you mentioned, the unprecedented injuries that the Colorado Avalanche have amassed. It's Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen are the last men standing of that notable, like put the name on the poster type players. And for Miko to stand up and step up, this was Arturi Lekkonen's first game back from injury. We got Nachushkin in the last game. Wasn't enough against the Rangers, but we're starting to get some of the players back, but you still don't have your Nathan McKinnon. You still don't have your Gabe Landeskog. So for Miko Rantanen to be the sole source of the offense, at least on the goal sheet, it's refreshing. And it's what you need, especially for the Avalanche fans who don't, they forgot what it feels like to have losing streaks. And I think we got spoiled for a little bit, but sitting where they are in the central, the season's not over, but it's not the start you anticipated for this avalanche team. I would say the season is far from over right now. I mean, uh, with the win back into third place in the central division, you have a game in hand over Minnesota. Uh, you know, when this team is healthy, they are still lethal but i mean obviously the injuries being a big factor as to why this team is 26th in the league in goals scored even though their power play has been pretty darn good yeah and the power play and the penalty kill have been really good for the avalanche no matter who's on the roster which goes back to one of the most underrated members of the colorado avalanche that never gets the praise that he deserves and that's head coach jared bednar and it helps that he has the experience finding success in the ECHL and the AHL for moments like this when half of your NHL roster is minor league talent. He knows how to coach players in this role where those minor league rosters are different every single game because of call-ups, call-downs, and assignments. This is – Bednar has experience in this realm, and he has really navigated this avalanche. It doesn't matter what – you're not getting that Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog. Now we get Nachushka back, but when he was gone, you're not getting that firepower, but everybody's playing the same roles. 
So it all looks the same. If you cross your eyes and you're watching an avalanche game, everything moves the same. You're just not getting that same level of all-star production, but it's because of Bednar's systems that he has in place, which other teams in the league are starting to copycat a little bit when it comes to how you handle depth. Well, understandably. So look, on a scale of one to 10, here we are approaching mid-December how worried are you about the long-term prospects of this team right now? When it comes to long-term prospects, the names that you are looking forward to seeing on this team are not stepping up. And those that are coming out of left field are far surpassing what you anticipated. Um, you're getting early call-ups. Like you anticipated players like John Luke Foodie, Sampo Ranta, like you didn't anticipate them making their NHL debut till next year, but because of the injuries, here they are. John Luke Foodie, he has been incredible. Sampo Ranta needs a little bit more seasoning, but he's been good. You're getting names like Dryden Hunt playing hero. You have just the those that are stepping up are interesting. And I bring this up because Martin Kaut has been in the system for the Avalanche for a while now, and he's been up and down playing with the ELC, trying to figure out what his potential is with this team. And at the start of the season, there was that without Nazem Kadri, you didn't know who was going to be the 2C, and you aligned Alex Newhook, JT Comfer, and then you brought in Evan Rodriguez, and trying to fill out that center role, Nobody's really stepped up to fill up for Nas. So that allows players like Martin Kaut, who's been in the minors for a long time, to come in and make a name for himself. And he just hasn't. He got sent back down to the... To go back to the Colorado Eagles is unprecedented right now because everybody's coming up. But for him to go back down says a lot about where the Avalanche are and what they expect out of their players. If you... I know you're here to fill a role, but if you can't do that, you still need to go back down and seize. And we're not just going to put warm bodies up there. We need people playing for this team. And the names that you see out there might not stick with you now, but the experience that they're getting when this team does get back healthy, look out next year for the experience they're getting this year. Give me a couple of names that maybe National Hockey League fans are not all that familiar with, but who have been pleasant surprises in fill-in roles for the abs so far this year charlie hudon has been spectacular jean-luc foodie absolutely incredible those are two names that you will need to know um when he when foodie was drafted my co-host chris maselli was very pumped up and ready for him to make his climb to the NHL. It's a little early, but he's already making an impact. And I don't, when this team gets healthy, I don't know if he's going to stick around on the roster. But when next year rolls around, a little bit more AHL time, a full offseason, I think he might be challenging for a place on this roster. There is some, I mentioned Sampo Ranta. He has a lot of potential. It's just taking him a little bit more time to get accustomed to the NHL game. And it took Alex Newhook a little bit last year. He started out in the minors and then eventually won the cup with the Avalanche. But he's taking that same 
kind of timeline when it comes to progression. So also keep an eye on Sample Ranta. But I would say right now, out of all the call-ups, Jean-Luc Foodie has been incredible. All right. Well, Kyle, uh, what? give us quickly a timetable. Who's close to coming back on this team? <laughs> That's a good question because it. we have Evan Rodriguez should be coming back this week. Darren Helm also might be this week. Bo Byram we're still waiting on. He would should have came back with Sam Gerrard and didn't. And we're not hearing anything out of him. So it's either another month or tomorrow on him. You never know. This is hockey. It's UBI, LBI, get over it. Um, Landeskog is about early to mid-January, and so is Nathan McKinnon. And those are the ones you're waiting on. Um, Josh Manson, he's also going to be a couple more weeks. So it's going to be Evan Rodriguez, probably the next one coming back, but nobody to immediately plug and play and automatically get you to a win like a Nathan McKinnon or a Gabe Landeskog like does not elevate with the addition, but it's a welcome addition nonetheless. All right. Well, Kyle, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Well, you can follow the show. We're on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Just search locked on avalanche. Look for Christmas Ellie with the velvety voice. I'm just there. I get the goofy one. Um, you can find us on Twitter, LPN underscore Avalanche, and on Instagram, just search Locked On Avalanche. And you can follow all of our socials there, and we'll keep you up to date on everything going in and out of Colorado. All right. Well, Kyle, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. And thanks again for making a Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I want to thank my guests, David Morissuti of Locked On Leafs, and Kimmel of Locked On Predators, and Kyle Sullivan of Locked On Avalanche. I'm Gil Martin. Remember to join us here on Locked On NHL every Monday through Friday for the biggest stories from around the league. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.